Hi, guys. Sean and I have some exciting news. Uh, we have created official Twitter and Instagram accounts for the Oh, Mr. Sheffield podcast. It is at Oh, Mr. Chef pod on both platforms. And that is Oh, Mr. Chef with two Fs. So Oh, Mr. Chef pod. Check it out. Follow us. It's going to have all the latest and greatest from us about this show. Um, and we hope you like it. Now enjoy the episode. The Flushing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Miss uh, uh, Fine. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast where we talk about the hit 90s sitcom, The Nanny, starring Fran Drescher. This is episode six of our podcast, and also we're talking about season one, episode six of The Nanny. The episode is titled The Butler, The Husband, The Wife, and Her Mother. I am Shandi Pasquale here with... Toria Sheffield. I, I was about to say my own name. <laughs> oh. Sometimes I don't know like when to cut in when you're doing the intro. And I feel like like if there was video of me, you'd see me like opening my mouth and then like shutting <laughs> like very abruptly. Like um like some type of verbal um like uh double dutch. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like getting like really it's like almost about to go on stage and then not. It's like this it's a little moment of anxiety every time we do this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll make it more clear next time. <laughs> anyway, um, this is my this is Toria. Toria, you say your own name. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Hi, this is Toria. Um, and so this is the episode. It's actually very it's very appropriate that we had this confusing back and forth just now because this is the episode where Niles pretends to be Mr. Sheffield and Mr. Sheffield pretends to be the butler because of a very complicated and confusing plot device. Yes, and that is why I purposefully had all that confusion at the top of the episode. So we had, um, as you heard last episode, uh, you know, Toria loved that one right out of the gate. I kind of warmed up to it as I watched the episode. Um, this episode, I think we were reversed on because I, I love, I love this like sitcom tropey nonsense. I think it's delightful. I watched it and was like, this is my least favorite kind of episode of oh any my gosh. type of show. All right. I don't I even hate these, paragraph. Hey, I hey. hate these overly contrived, like, it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm just going to, no, I'm, I'm going to say, because I go. Dude, it's a classic, it is a classic sitcom, like, mistaken identity episode. Like, th- like, that's it. Like, Fran has to pretend to be something she's not, which leads everyone else in her life having to pretend to be something that they're not. And then the, the show itself kind of dovetails into, like, bringing it all together with with Brighton's lie and, and then Fran and Maxwell having to call him out on being a liar only to realize, like, they are also currently living lies and everyone ends up undoing their lives. Like it's I, a house it, of lies. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. no, here but here is what I instantly from like the opening before even before the theme song, like just didn't like. Basically, we find out that Niles is going to be getting a visit and a review from something called the Professional Butlers Association. And if the review is favorable, he will get admitted into the association like all of his butler relatives before him so i was already yeah. like okay they have created and again i love the show but this is not my favorite plot uh yeah. plot line they have literally created the most made-up absurd thing no not true there's a there's there's a real life butler's guild 
but they couldn't use the name Butler's Guild because that's that's probably you know it's copyrighted and stuff. But there is a real such thing as a as the is a Butler's Guild. Okay, and you have to you have to have some formal review process. I yeah. assume it's like a real like it's like the literally the International <laughs> Guild of Professional Butlers, and it is exactly what you think it looks Jesus. like. Their okay. website has a bunch of dudes <laughs> in butler outfits, like setting wow. up silverware. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, wow. Okay. Well, fine. <laughs> I think that, like many classic sitcom tropes, this particular one, it it works because the whole episode in and of itself is a setup and a punchline, right? Like because the punchline of the entire episode is when Cece walks in at the end, and all of their lies are undone because Cece doesn't fit into the equation. They know that they can't bring her in on the lie. Um. So so yeah. So that so. I don't know. I love this episode. I, I have so many things that we can talk about. I, I guess we should talk about, though, overall, this was like a, I guess, kind of a brightney heavy episode. One of the more brightney heavy storylines we've seen so far. It and my was. Note, my yeah. note was they don't know what to do with Brighton yet. <laughs> well, yeah. So it's like the B plot is we find out like, Right, you know, very early on that he is he's been elected class president. And, you know, Mr. Sheffield keeps making all these comments of ha, like you're you're a chip off the old block. You know, I was president of my class at Eton and and you know, I'm so proud of you, son. And yeah, I didn't really I truly I wasn't that invested in I got vibes that- of of Alex P. Keaton from Family Ties uh with this mm. Britain with this Brighton plot line, and it felt to me like they were it it feels like they're trying to find the right identity because like they have you know they have the maggie thing kind of really well worked out and they've got the Gracie thing kind of really well worked out but like so far brighton's whole purpose has just been like um punchline delivery yeah he's a smart ass yeah and so this is the first time that we're seeing like anything that sort of like expands on like well what is his like school life like and so here they go for it like throughout the whole episode I noted he's making like um, po- political jokes. Like yes. he makes a, refer- a a Nixon reference in the first scene, and then later he does a George Bush impression. No, and- that was a. I think that was a Ross. Per- was it? Oh, I thought he was doing it was a George Ross Bush. Perot. That was, no, oh. that was first. That was Bush one. Um, oh, you're and right. So, so, and he's part of the young. Like he's like a little mini Republican, which tracks right. Um, but but it also feels like they're just sort of figuring this out about him. And so like, it kind of feels all crammed into this episode. They, they are using him for a lot of jokes and references and impressions that are well beyond his years. Like I, you know, I'll, we'll get to it, but in the next episode, he's literally doing a Rod Serling impression from the Twilight. Yes. <laughs> I'm yes. like, just oh, I had really, with that. Yes. Uh, but we'll get, we'll get to it. So yeah, so basically the so the first scene kind of sets things up and 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 really when it gets going is uh Sylvia friend's mom shows up and she's like it's basically they have like these very well-off relatives and and it, it's clear that they're sort of always rubbing in, you know, Sylvia's face how like great they are and how great their daughter's doing and how much money she makes and how rich her husband is. And, you know, Sylvia comes over to sort of complain about all of that. And, um, and Fran is like, you know, well, you know, well, what did you say? And she says, oh, and I told her you were, you know, married to a rich, famous Broadway producer and you live in a palace. And she's like, oh, ma. And then she's like, oh, and also they're finding a parking spot outside. They're here. 
to see mm-hmm. your house. And that's sort of like how we get into it. Um, and, and like immediately set up this sort of very classic sitcom trope, right. Of like, we have to pretend to be something that we're not, uh, perfect strangers recycled this plot line. I feel like, and I think the Ellen show also did this. Um, and I would be not surprised if this was pulled from like even more classic, like Mary Tyler Moore era, you know, Lucy era, even of just like, Oh, oh we told the person coming over that we're blank and now we have to be, I mean, look, it's yes. WandaVision I mean, just did it in episode I, one. I hate these. I hate, these plot lines so much that so i rewatched all three this morning just to be fresh and i i couldn't get through this one it's so unfrustrating to me when these sort of like uh absurd unrealistic plot devices are utilized yeah. it's so, so what's interesting about this is <clears throat> so this is actually i believe our first bottle episode of the whole mm-hmm. season so far too because they never leave the downstairs living room set in this episode they don't even go in the kitchen they don't even show you the kitchen at one point characters go into the kitchen but the, we never change sets to go in there this is all happening in the living room um and it's a lot of like um it's it's very French door farcy in a lot of ways too, where it's like someone leaves a room, someone comes into a room. You know, there's like a lot of like interesting blocking going on to like move everybody around, and it's done very much like a play. So so I I always find these kinds of episodes interesting because it's clearly like from a production standpoint, it's like how do we make this work? What we have, we've got these guest stars coming up that we're gonna have to pay. We need an episode here, and then like how do we make it interesting? So. Uh, the plot in and of itself gets heightened to this weird, like everyone's pretending to be something that they're not. But what I think they're fun on sitcoms is because it it's always an episode that gives your actors a chance to like do more than we see them do. Like I loved watching Niles be Max Sheffield and like getting to see that actor do more than just what he does, which he does great, but getting him to see like kind of break that I thought was very fun. Um, and same for Max, you know, I, this is actually when I started enjoying the episode because there, there was just some emotional, it, it led to this moment of like growth or, um, progress with Mr. Sheffield, where at first he's going to have nothing to do with this ruse. He's like, I've left the house for literally like 10 minutes and I come back and you've like entrapped me in a web of lies. I'm not going to lie for you both. And then, you know, they, they appealed that, you know, Niles, Fran sort of appeals on Niles' behalf and Niles appeals on Fran's behalf, where it's basically like, you know, this would mean a lot for us if you did this. This is really big if you did this for us. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. And like, literally. No, you know, no. So, so no, you're missing a beat. Like you're, you're, you're missing a beat, the even, the even better beat. So he goes, so what happens is, is, is. <clears throat> He says, no, 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 I'm not going to be a part of this. And he starts to walk out of the room and the guests say, we'd like some drinks. And Mr. Sheffield just keeps walking. Like, he's just like, I'm not, I'm walking up the stairs. And Fran goes, you know, yes, our butler will get them for you. And he like rolls his eyes. Like, I'm not going to do this. And then the, the guests of Fran, like the, the relatives or whatever. from Boca. Right. Her cousins from Boca, they make some like snide comment about Fran and like about how like, 
I forget what it even like is. She's, oh, like, oh, she clearly doesn't have a handle on this household. She's definitely in way over her head. Yes, yes. And that Mr. Sheffield, like, spins on his heel. And he's like, what can I get you from the kitchen? And 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 so, yeah, I thought, I agreed with you that that was, like, that was the best moment of the episode. And, like, the audience is cheering, too. It's one of those sitcom moments where it's, like, the kids are clearly so happy he's actually doing it. And like the live studio audience is also like, yeah. uh, I mean, maybe it wasn't a live studio audience, but it's definitely a, a moment where it's like, we are even given the cue. Like that's a really big moment for that character. Yeah, absolutely. And the kids, and then they get to have a little bit of fun with that. Like I liked Brighton. I liked him, you know, Brighton says, will you get me something? And he goes, sure, Brighton. And then Brighton goes, um, that's master Brighton. Yes. And <laughs> that's like, master Brighton to you. <laughs> yeah. And and it and it kind of builds in this nice way, I think, as far as like comedic uh, pacing goes, where everything just all the lies start to kind of layer on top <laughs> of each other, and then of course things get further complicated when there's another knock at the door, and it's one of Brighton's friends from like the Young Republican Society, and he comes in, and then that like kind of makes the lie even worse, and then they find out that Brighton has been lying to them, and that Brighton pretended that he won this. Um, this uh, president of the, you know, whatever mm-hmm. club and, and he didn't really win. And Fran, you know, it, this is what I was kind of talking about before is Fran and Mr. Sheffield kind of pull Brighton aside and they're like, you know, you can't, you can't live a lie and you can't lie to people and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and of course in telling him that they realize that they can't and maybe they have to do something about it. And so they go back out to sort of like confess and then, like, again, in, like, very good like, comedic pacing, the door opens and it's Cece. And, like, she just blows everything up because she doesn't understand what's happening. And, 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 and you get a great, like, audience reaction in that moment, too, because at this point you've led your audience to, like, understand, like, how much worse this can now be. Um, and I thought that was like a great button to everything is just like yes. CC coming in and blowing everything up. Well, it's because Fran comes clean about not really being married to Mr. Sheffield, but then she realizes she can't come completely clean because that would blow Niles's cover as in front of the Butler people. So you, we think that like every, you know, everything's okay until CC and then they, it gets revealed that Niles was lying the whole time too. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, uh, again, in another sort of like nice kind of character beat, you know, Fran, I think it's Fran and Mr. Sheffield sort of stand up for, for Niles. Once Niles's cover kind of gets blown, his, you know, Butler Association people are like, you know, well, this guy sucks or whatever. And, and I think it's sort of the both of them that kind of say like, you know, he's gone above and beyond uh, of a Butler and like, he's part of our family. And and I, I know I'm doing this kind of all over the place, but. I do before we kind of get into segments I wanted to you know point out this this was an episode written by Howard Myers and uh and he wrote a whole bunch of different strokes small wonder and who's the boss episodes <gasps> which are all all three of those shows at least for me were like staples of like my sitcom youth do you, or are those shows are those, do those shows track for you they do, and they. I feel like they all absolutely probably had uh, shows like that, like uh, episodes like this. Yes, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, what were your well, what were your highlights? I guess I think some people like just find the premise of this so funny, but because I didn't, I I feel like my 
favorite parts were those like authentic emotional beats between the characters where they sort of had to like, you know, at the end of the day, this just showed how much all of these people are willing to do for each other, right? Like, and it it really came from this like really good loving place. Like when Mr. Sheffield would do this for Niles and Fran and when um, Niles would even do this for for Fran, even though I think she, she blackmails him with some some information to make him do it. She's basically like, if you do this, I won't tell Mr. Sheffield about like that vase you broke or something like that. Yes. But it's like, you know, it kind of, it's almost like when you, for example, watch a show like the office or something. And like yeah. over time you realize like, Oh, these people all actually really care about each other. And they're kind of a family. Like that yep. is really, I, I keep using this word for the show, but that's very satisfying. So like that was yeah. the, the highlight of this episode for it's me. And smart, then it's a smart pl- it's a smart spot in the season to place this episode too, because of how it highlights that because it sort of goes like, Hey, look, we're six episodes in now. These people, like they care about each other enough at this point that like they're willing to lie for each other. They're willing to cover for each other. They don't want to blow up anyone's spot. Um, And so it kind of solidifies like, she's not, she's not just like the nanny who showed up anymore. You know? Yeah. And and (laughs) my favorite line, it's silly. It's not even, it's not even, I don't even know if you'd remember it, but basically, um, when Fran's cousin says something really rude to Fran, uh, Maggie very defensively goes, who asked you anyway, you big green cow? Because she's wearing like a green uh, jumpsuit. And Fran goes, Maggie, it's turquoise. Turquoise. And then when they leave, the lady goes, it's actually emerald. And like, <laughs> yeah. But I just, I really enjoyed that uh, Fran was not going to correct her for being rude. She was just correcting the color. I didn't hear any Yiddish in this episode and I wasn't sure if I missed it, but the closest that I wrote down was she, at one point she says, you're a real Budinsky. And I don't think that's actually Yiddish. For sure. Yeah. I actually, I didn't track any Yiddish words. So I just did my own little research and I found that the Yiddish word for liar is Ligner. L-I-G-N-E-R. Oh. Mm, a real Ligner. Um, also, uh, probably important fact that I realized in this episode is Fran says to Niles at one point, what's your last name? And he goes, it's just Niles, like Cher. So I think canon Niles' name is just Niles, like Cher. (laughs) Yes, that's true. We do never find out his last name. But it made me wonder, like, what is Niles' life like outside of his job? Like, is he going on dates? Is he, does he live in the house? Yeah, he lives Uh, in the house. He lives in the butler's quarters. Yeah. And then it's like, so I assume he moved over to the U.S. from, he followed the Sheffield family from England, I'm assuming. seems like, yeah. And he just doesn't have a life outside of his duty? Is that? I mean, I think that as the show goes on, we get to see more of his life. Kind of, they kind of delve into that. But, but again, one of the, the strengths of the pilot of this is that every character is like perfectly toned into like what they are. But then I think as the show kind of unfolds, you see where like there's weakness in that, in the sense that like, well, now these people have to start to like be real and have lives. So like even the Brighton character, he's great in the pilot. Cause like, he's just got a couple of funny quips, but then you have to figure out like, well, who is this kid? You know, like <laughs> what's this kid's whole deal? Um, all right. So um, time for segments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For some reason, I thought we already did. Well, we did Yiddish. We talked about our best lines. Wait, I got to play the segment song. What's going on here? And now, segments. So, 
segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> so are you so okay? So maybe maybe there's a segment song to play. Maybe there's not. It depends on. What's oh, Sean got up to this week? Now you just sound like you're babbling. It's definitely played by now, probably. <laughs> Most likely. I, 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 I bet you it blew our listeners away. I bet it did. Um, um, well, oh, the nanny trivia for this week, it's, yes. it's a really nice tie-in in terms of the Mr. Sheffield-Niles like, switcheroo. So when this show was broadcast in the UK, apparently many viewers wrote in, to chide the actor who played Mr. Sheffield, Charles Shaughnessy, over his, quote, imitation English accent and suggested he practice with co-star Daniel Davies, who's Niles, um, because wow. he's clearly the real British one. Ironically, the actor who plays Mr. Sheffield is really English and Niles is from Arkansas. <laughs> Whoa. So wow. super funny. That's messed up. That guy's from super. Arkansas? He's from Arkansas. Niles? He's the best actor of all time. How did how, how did he ever win an Emmy for this? Uh, he should have. I'll tell you. Did, that. did he win an Oscar? <laughs> did he win an Oscar? What's going on? <laughs> but I mean, that was some true mistaken identity. Wow. And then okay, so um, Cece's hardly in this. So instead of like who's the friend, who's the Cece, I thought I would just pose a question: Who's the friend? Who's the Sylvia? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, we can do that. My my, we can totally do that. My question was just going to be: Have you ever told a lie that snowballed? Um, yeah. When I first told you, I knew Macaulay Culkin, and then I had to meet him. And <laughs> I <laughs> no. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if that was my my lie was that I never actually knew Mac when I first was like, hey, I'm hiring you for this company where I'm working with Macaulay Culkin. And then you're like, oh, God, now I got to make it real. No, no. <laughs> oh, um, what a what a scare, a creepy ruse that would have been. <laughs> that an insane thing to do. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, I don't, that kind of elaborate lying is very, um, it's it's a lot. And I don't, I, I like really can't think of any time where I've like got myself into a like comedically heightened like lie where I'm just like, oh yeah. And like, it just like a, my ruse just keeps building lie onto lie. <laughs> um, um, have you, like, do you um, have a story that you were like, oh, this happened to me hilariously once? <laughs> no, 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 no. The only, literally the only ones that I can think of are being a kid and like breaking something and claiming it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> like being me. And, I mean, I guess um, I've done that. I was trying to think of like, like, have I ever been in a situation where like someone walked into my boss's office and I was in there and they were like, you know, and they were like, you know, are you Mr. Clements? And I was like, yes, I am Mr. Clements. I am the boss of this place. Hello. How are you? And then like, and then my boss, my real boss walked in and I was like, fetch me my coffee boy. And he was like, what? And I was like, you're my assistant. And I am you. I mean, I am Mr. Clements, the most very importantest person at this company who has this meeting right now. Like, I can't, would that ever happen in real life? Do you think you'd have to be so fucking down okay. with somebody? I, I know somebody, I'm not going to say who in case they listen, they'll be so upset with me, but they, um, Brad Pitt. <laughs> So I was hanging with Brad and Angie pre-divorce and <laughs> no, basically this person was in college and um, 
somehow it, somebody thought that this per- that uh, she was from Texas and she wasn't from Texas. She was from D.C. And everyone else just started like latching on to this trivia about her. Like, oh, you're from Texas. You're from Texas. And they even coined the nickname. I'm not even going to say her real name, but I'll just say that the name was Beth. And they were like, oh, so, hey, it's Texas Beth. And like everybody on her floor would like call her that. And she just like didn't correct them for so long that she had to maintain the lie she was from Texas. I I mean, I guess the closest I have to that is when, when the town that I grew up in had a place called Pasquale's Pizza. <clears throat> and my last name is D. Pasquale. It's not the same last name. It's different. But that place was called Pasquale's Pizza. And I never told anyone, like I never volunteered this information, but often in school, people would hear my name and then ask me, does your dad own Pasquale's Pizza? And at first I would say no, but it happened enough that I started to get annoyed. And then I would say yes. And I would be like, you should go in there and ask for my dad. His name is John. <gasps> and tell him that you go to school with me and you'll get free pizza. <laughs> I mean, that, that's more just you punking people. Yeah. <laughs> that's the closest yeah. thing I got. I mean, it, You're because- still delighted. But yeah, no, I think I, that's it. Yeah, I, don't, I guess I guess neither of us are sociopaths. Um, we've never... Yeah. All right, well, I'm gonna heads. close up the. Uh, I'm gonna close up the. Uh, the pizza shop that your dad owns. Yeah, I gotta close up the pizza shop, but also <laughs> I'm gonna close up the segments uh, portion of the show with the segments closing theme. Here we go, and now segments. So segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments, and now segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> So for an episode that you hated and said was the worst episode you've ever seen of any television show ever made. That's an, um, I did not say that. You are <laughs> taking the words right out of my mouth. I said, I just, I didn't really enjoy it. Oh, right. That. Anyway, uh, this was a pretty full episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, our show. Yeah, I think it was. I think we did a good job. Um, so I think that's it. Everybody who, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and you must be, if you're hearing my voice right now. Please like and subscribe and leave a comment if you can on whatever podcasting platform you're hearing this show and tell people about it and retweet and share it. And if you want to follow me and Toria, uh, I'm on Twitter at Sean Wrights, S-H-A-W-N-W-R-I-T-E-S, Sean Wrights. And Toria is on Instagram? I'm on Instagram at just Toria Sheffy and it's two F's and a Y, Toria Sheffy. Also, ba- this was another weird thing. When we first met, I, I don't do Twitter anymore, but yours was Sean Wrights and my handle was Toria Wrights. Yes. <laughs> That's what I remember. Yeah. Man, brother yep. from a different mother. <laughs> You'll see on Twitter, if you follow me there, I often tag Toria on Twitter just because I think it's funny that her name is Toria Wrights on there, even though she never responds and I know that she doesn't. I don't, I just don't remember my password. I got to get it. I just, I just got to get back in there. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. This is so fun, and we hope you're enjoying it. The Flushing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. I go, uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs>